Would it be totally off the wall if if I asked if I could have sex with you? Yeah, well, you asking me is not as off the wall as why I won't. VD? <laughs> no, I'm sort of saving myself. It's really stupid. He doesn't even know I exist. Who? Jake Ryan. You like Jake? Jake's my boy! I just talked to Jake in the gym. He asked me about you. Did not. He did too. He did. He asked me what you were like. Oh my God. Oh, if you're lying, I will beat the crap out of you. I'm not lying. Oh my God. What should I do? Should I go up to him? Should I say, hi, Jake, I'm Samantha. Maybe I should let him come to me. But what if I let him come to me and he forgets? What if he changes his mind? Then I'm totally screwed, right? What would you do? I'm a gambling man by nature, so I'd go for it. Wow, this is so strange, but I think I will. You're the best. Wait, um... I made a bet with my friends, the the dipshits. I bet them that I'd do it with you. This was before I knew you. Can I get proof without getting physical? How? Can I borrow your underpants for 10 minutes? Oh my God, she says she's never given her underwear to anyone, but there's no way I believe that. It's Elizabeth Gomez. Her monthly bill came early and she's all hopped up on muscle relaxers. It's Adrian Gunn. And this is Wokefield, where two middle-aged comedians realize all their problems started with one white guy from the suburbs. Yes, we're talking about John Hughes. Oh no, it's going to be terrible. (laughs) Each week we discuss a classic movie from the 80s or 90s and talk about how having all your best friends be fictional really fucks up your ideas about how to be a person. And today we're talking about John Hughes's directorial debut, 16 Candles, which won almost unanimous praise when it was released in 1984. And I'm quoting here, it's honest depiction of navigating adolescence and the social dynamics of high school life. It's a movie about the horrors of high school, stolen underpants, foreign exchange students, and our favorite topic, date rape. (laughs) And today we're welcoming Wokefield bestie and resident lesbian Taylor Mahan to talk about compulsory heterosexuality, 16th birthdays, and how the fuck did John Hughes get away with being so blatantly, well, rapey? Because he's a white man in America. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into it because I I would love to do this recap with you. Uh, (laughs) I am still horrified that you made me watch this movie. And I spent a lot of time being very confused because I think that when we talked about 16 Candles, I was constantly thinking of Pretty and Pink. Oh, well, yeah, you probably were, but that's probably why you were confused. Yes, and I, I really regret watching and agreeing to 16 Candles. So why don't we talk about well, the recap? Well, listen, you can't regret agreeing to watching 16 Candles because it's canon for ladies in our age group, and it's important to discuss. Like, I mean, honestly, I thought to myself, perhaps this is the moment that we cancel it for good. But we'll do that at the end. Let's talk about what happens just in case there is a person, a white man, who hasn't seen this movie, who's listening to this podcast. Or someone our age who keeps confusing it with pretty and pink. (laughs) I mean, okay, let's go in. Who would do that? We start off in the opening scene where uh, Samantha, Sam, who's played by Molly Ringwald, is having her 16th birthday. It's her birthday, but it is chaos at the Baker house because tomorrow is also her sister Ginny's wedding. And she hates it. She's like, why won't anyone remember my birthday? Yes. And then I basically remember her showing up at a dance. (laughs) 
So she said that no one cares that it's her birthday. She goes to school. We see high school life. She fills out like a sex survey. She tries to give it to her best friend, but it gets into the hands of Jake Ryan, who I constantly thought was Matt Dillon. Because he looks just like Matt Dillon. He looks just like Matt yeah. Dillon. It's, but the it's great disturbing. thing about him is that guy did that movie and then he retired from acting and became a carpenter. I've heard that. That's I knew really you'd funny. like that. That's so weird. <laughs> so weird. But he has like, he definitely has this face. Yes. But I also think that maybe he was like, this movie was terrible. I don't need to do this kind of acting experience again. Because he ends up being kind of a questionable hero, but villain. So Well, we'll come back to yes. that. But anyway, so her note expressing her love for Jake Ryan gets into Jake Ryan's hands. Then it's time, oh, she gets hit on by the geek while riding the bus. That's Anthony Michael Hall. And he's crushing on her. She's crushing on Jake Ryan. They all go to the dance. Yes. And um, Joan Cusack's there with a neck brace that yeah. no one ever explains why. Yeah. But Joan Cusack brace. in the neck brace is iconic. It's the one thing from this movie we should keep. Yes. I do think that that is a great moment. Yes. Um, also, there's a scene where uh, Molly's character, Sam, sees the new popular girl in high school yes. taking a shower. There's a whole tit shot. It's, yes. it's very, very scandalous. It's a very close-up of her tits. Then we see her... Sh- this is Jake Ryan's girlfriend, the most popular girl in school. She's, of course, nude in the shower at... After gym class, which I wonder, do they make you shower still? I don't think that they did when I was in high school. Me personally, yeah. I didn't have to do that. They made us sometimes, I think. I mean, that's, it's definitely a fucked up thing. Yes, it's not great. It's no, not great. they should not make people shower after gym class. And then also gym class, what, 30 minutes or something? And then there's like 20 minutes of like nude showering, like it's a jail? <laughs> the one thing I think about the nude shower scene, though, is that what we really learned from Molly is that she feels very insecure about her body. Well, we She's get like, that from the very beginning. She yeah, she's have like, I don't boobs. have enough boobs. I'm yeah. not, which was like very big. You know, this is all the booty era now. Yes. But back then it was all the titty era. Yes. So um, Molly or Sam is like, oh, my body's so small and I don't like that. I can't fit anything. And then she goes to this dance where she already feels very, very insecure leading into it. Yes. She sees Jake there. The geek is like hitting on her like mad crazy. Yes. And then she um, ends up having like kind of a meltdown and goes to the shop room. The automotive shop room, which I got to say. have a car <laughs> completely. You know what? This is also lost to the 80s yes. because high school used to actually have like trade shit. Yeah. Where you could like also learn a trade they didn't expect everyone was going to college. I sort of think we should bring this back. <laughs> Well, I think also maybe it depends on where you grew up, you know. Well, definitely, I think my, my high school probably still has shop classes. Oh, you think? Oh, for if, sure. I don't know. I thought they got rid of that shit. But yes, where I grew up, they had stuff like this. So she's sitting in this like half car that presumably some shop kids are rebuilding. The geek shows up again and tries to mount her. Several times. Yes. Several times. And not once does she go, get the fuck out of this car. Yes. <laughs> like, get out of this room or I'm leaving. Yes. Instead- I mean, and we can get to the complexities of that because I, I would say in John Hughes's defense, like this is an accurate display of how we behaved in the 80s is someone it? tries to mount you and you're like oh no thank you and then <laughs> well it's not just that she also apologizes which again we'll get yes. we'll get into yes. so he's basically like I want to try to like have sex with you she says no and then he's like can I have your underwear because I've told all my friends I'm gonna fuck you right and she's like I guess so because he told her that Jake Ryan asked about her so she's in a good mood yes yes and then she runs off yes yeah, so she gives him his under her underwear and then he hosts like everyone has to pay a dollar and all the freshman boys crowd into the bathroom and he holds it up like a trophy. To look at the underwear. Yes. Just to look at it. Which yes. I think, again, 
really bizarre. Like, yes. I don't really understand the point and that whole thing, but maybe I mean, it's like just kind of a trophy, I assume, is what, look, what the idea the is. the movie is highly sexed. I mean, like, the lingering camera shots on high school girls' tits during the dance is like, just beyond and I kept thinking to myself is the actress who plays the most popular girl in school Caroline was she like over 18 when she was fully nude in the shower like that's a great question um there was a lot happening that I was like this is very like it feels predatory but there was also something that felt authentic to me about how I grew up that like that predatory energy was not shut down no it it was completely and this movies like this is what help encourage that whole idea so then the other part that happens is they all end up at a party and I'm thinking it's Jake's house but I couldn't really tell because they don't really exactly say that at any point it is no they do the party's at Jake's okay so the party's at Jake's and the worst part about it is that there's this whole other subplot with a Chinese guy who like we have to talk about that at some point but he is like the wild guy at the party well yes because he's Chinese having a great time he's a foreign exchange student yes staying with Sam's grandparents yes and we're going to come back to that I'm mentioning it now because it's important but but then um, Jake is there with his like very, very drunk, popular high school girlfriend. Caroline. And he sends her, sends her off with the geek. Well, you're missing an important says, part. Okay, go ahead. So Caroline's very drunk. She gets her hair caught in the door. And Jake's already mad at her because he's like dissatisfied with his popular life and his beautiful girlfriend. And he's wandering around this party where everyone's having a bitch in time. And he's just feeling really existential, right? And so she comes to be like, oh, Jake, I love you. And she gets her hair caught in a door. Her best friend slice it off. I will slice your hair off for you, Adrian. Please do not. <laughs> if you ever get your hair caught in a door. I will be number one. But then Jake and the geek, everyone's left, and Jake and the geek meet in the kitchen. And the geek is like, basically like, I will give you Sam's underwear. And he's like, I will give you Caroline and my dad's Rolls Royce. I mean, there's a I will literal give you trade. <laughs> yeah, but also trading her underwear. I mean, both are very offensive. So he puts... The geek who does not have a driver's license and is not old enough to drive and does not know how to drive into his father's Rolls Royce and he puts Carolyn, who can barely stand the fuck up, into the car and off they drive away. Yeah, I just want to do a couple of quotes though from oh, that scene. Oh, please do. That scene was, Jake says to the geek, I'll let you take Caroline home and she's so blitz she won't know the difference. Yeah. And then they have a few chatting moments and then uh, Jake says, she's totally gone. Have fun. Yes. And which is so Caroline, incredibly gross. And Caroline sits up and she says, Who are you? To the geek. And no, she says it to who's that? To Jake. And Jake's like, That's me, referencing the geek. And then she says to Jake, But who are you? And he's like, I'm me. So he's just like fucking with her. Yeah. Like, it's cool, man. Go with this geek. It is me. Yeah. It's real gross. And then the next scene is basically the day of the wedding and they yes. everyone's like freaking out at the house. Yes. Um, Molly's uh, not Molly Sam's mom or dad shows up and his and is like I forgot your birthday I'm sorry yes the mom is like I forgot your birthday I'm sorry yes meanwhile her sister is like downing muscle relaxers because she's on her down. period no because she's on her period so there's an entire storyline it like starts at the very moment. beginning about how Ginny is on her period and the little brother's like this is gonna be a great honeymoon and now she's on her period on her wedding day she takes four <laughs> muscle relaxers and cannot walk yeah, and has a terrible time going down the aisle. It's another consent issue, sort of. I mean, like, I'm like, should we allow this person to be married? She cannot walk. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, so she goes to, and she has her wedding, and... Uh, Wait, no. 
in yeah. this, they're going to the wedding. The next day, then the geek and Caroline wake up in the car yeah. and she's like, did we fuck? And he's like, I think so. Did you like it? And she's like, I have a weird feeling I did. Which is also a weird message yes. to young people everywhere. Yes. But anyways, Jenny goes to this wedding. She yes. gets to this wedding. Um, Sam is trying to like manage the whole crisis. Yes. Somehow Jenny forgets her veil. And it's the most important thing to Sam. Yes. And she goes back to the church to yes. get the veil. And when she comes out, who's standing there? Well, first of all, it's important. Her whole family has left her once again. Yes. You know, she's a very sad middle child. That's like the vibe. And then, but her family has abandoned her. But do you know who has not? Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan, right there in his little red sports car, waiting for her to get in. Yeah, like, so, and also, I don't even understand. I'm like, why is he even in love with her? He's in love with her because she filled out a sex survey. <laughs> like, this doesn't even make any sense. And how did he know where the wedding was? Lots of great questions. Yes. And then we go to the most iconic scene that yes. we all are very familiar with. Yes. Where Molly, or Sam, I keep calling her Molly. That's okay. Sam and Jake are at her house? Yes, they go back to her house. And listen, you know what? Props to John Hughes here. This he gets right. It's framed beautifully. They're sitting on top of the dining room table, which, like, who does that? No one. But who cares? It looks fucking great. And they've got the birthday cake between them. And he tells her to make a wish. And what does she say? I don't even remember. Elizabeth, At that point, I, was, fucking I hated it so much. Iconic. She's like, it already came true. And then they lean over the cake. <laughs> Elizabeth's just fallen over. I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I checked out probably right before the wedding. Okay, well, they <laughs> lean like... over the cake, and they somehow don't burn through her fucking polyester right. bridesmaid's dress. And they kiss. And it's a beautiful, you have to admit, it's a beautiful shot. Yes, and I think the soundtrack to the whole, whole movie Love is the 80s great. Music. Yes. But yeah, I, I was definitely like... Like, I, I think it was at probably the dance when I was like, I can't believe Adrian's making me watch this well, movie. <laughs> and I just as I just want to close with saying at this point, I do not believe that Sam and Jake ever exchanged really any. No conversation. Any dialogue <laughs> to <once>. each other. <laughs> but now they're making out over the cake. That supposedly I think we're supposed to believe he bought her. But at what time was he ever told it was her birthday? <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, to answer these questions, I think we should uh, bring in Taylor. Dude, all I want to say is I know Taylor is going to be equally as outraged as you about this <laughs> film. So I'm thrilled to welcome her back to the pod. Hey, Taylor. How's it going? Hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Wait, what'd you think of this movie, Taylor? I fucking hate this movie so <laughs> oh, much. Yes. But did you remember liking it as a kid? It was always my least favorite of the, the big three. The Breakfast Club was my favorite. Pretty in Pink was fine, except that kiss in Pretty in Pink is so disgusting and awful. Like the one at the end where they're like just mashing their faces together ruins it. Um, but this was always my least favorite. I think that um, it had been a long time since I'd seen it. So I like remembered that it was problematic, but I didn't have like, I hadn't watched it all the way through and been like fully horrified by it in a long time. And like, I just felt bad after I watched it this time. Like, I just felt gross. Yeah. I felt like I, I felt, I felt bad. Well, you like really, it. like, you texted me and you were like, I really want to talk about this idea of like compulsory heterosexuality. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. Tell us about like what that means and what you thought about it. Well, so compulsory heterosexuality is something that, um, 
certainly men and women experience, but it happens more to women because we are taught to orient ourselves to whether men want to fuck us or not, like regardless of whether we want to fuck them. That's like not the point. So we're never taught to ask that question about whether we're attracted to men or not. Like it's just accepted that um, part of being a girl is that you know, you need a boy to like you because that's part of like success as a woman. Right. Um, and so you can still want boys to like you and be attracted to you because that's currency. Um, even if you don't like, or aren't attracted to them actually, which was the case for me, but it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, and this movie is such a good example of that because as, as y'all just said, like, Jake and Sam like literally never talk in this movie. Like they, it's just about like, um, you know, she's 16, like, and basically she's ready to lose her virginity. So you just like pick someone to like, think about it, but also like he's distant, right? It might never happen. So like what I, what I thought about all the time is like, if that had been me, like I had guys like that in high school that I was like, oh, I want that guy to like me. And part of the reason I wanted that guy to like me is because he was unattainable. If he had showed up to my sister's wedding to pick me up and like actually have sex with me, I would have fucking shit myself because like that was not what I wanted. Right. Um, so I think there's all this and it's so transactional, right? Like, like, Jake is like, I want a serious girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. Like what he means is he wants like a younger girl who he can like manipulate and who will just like do what he wants instead of like, you know, taking charge and like having parties at his house or whatever. Um, And he like, doesn't really know any better, like expect anything from him. Like that's my read on it, you know? Well, I think even with his, even with his girlfriend, his popular girlfriend, she seems to be the one with the friends and like a a crowd. And like, he's like the guy who like is dim behind her. You know, she's definitely the light relationship, which makes sense in terms of what you're saying. And that like, this guy doesn't really, he he wants to be the star of the show or he wants to be the hero. He doesn't really care about having a relationship with someone who's decent. Right. It's, that's not the point. It's the same thing. It's like, it's like these slots that we just like have to fill. Like, you're a girl, you need a boyfriend, you're a boy, you need a nice girlfriend that's going to like make you look good. And so like all of the focus is on what the man actually wants. It's never on what the girl wants. Like, cause why does she want him other than that? He's hot. I'll admit he's hot. Right. But like, he also, he's also like 35 though. And like clearly not. <laughs> he's a, a senior. senior. In high he is a senior. Also her dad, it really encourages it, right? Like her dad doesn't even know anything about his daughter. He doesn't know anything about her love life, but he knows that she needs to find a true love you know and I think he says something at the end of the at the end of the um, movie with with uh, when Jenny gets married he's basically like well now it's your turn and it's like go fuck yourself dad <laughs> I'm like what if I just want a career like I don't know yeah. why does it have to be this, this thing that I have to like constantly search for I've been following this um this Instagram account called style like you, which is talking like, it's just, they're doing a whole project on like, um, aging women. And this woman said something to me, something to, to all of us in the internets, um, that really put something in wild perspective of me. I mean, of, of this whole conversation is she had said, I was raised to believe that, you know, getting married and having a man was the way to do it. And she's like, and what you don't realize is that when you are brought up that way you constantly have this kind of background 
decision making you're always making, right? So you go to a party and you're like, what if tonight is the night I meet this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you go and you're like, I'm going to have lunch with my friends and they're going to bring another friend. But what if that's the guy? And she's like, if I could have taken all that energy, just put it aside. How many more times could I have been more present? How many more times could I have really been myself? How many more times could I have gotten dressed because I wanted to get dressed, not because I wanted to like... Uh, be attractive to some dude that I've never met or care about. (laughs) I mean, but that is 100% how we were raised to behave. And just about Jake, one thing I would like to say about this is I agree with all the things that you're saying, but the way that it was presented when this movie came out in 1984 was that Jake was like, one of the good ones, right? Like, because he's deep. He's like investigating his feelings with his bros but while he's, he's doing. Deep, but we've never heard a word out of him. That's not true. Like, so he and except his rape these chicks. That's not true. He and his bro do pull-ups, and he asks about Sam, and he exposes. I'm just. I'm not saying that I believe this to be true. I'm saying this is what the movie presents, right? Like, and if you're, you know, 14 or in 84, I was four, so I probably watched this when I was like nine or 10. Like, you're not able to. Deal deconstruct everything that's happening so what I'm saying is like you are given it to it brought to it like that Jake is the good guy right because he's like thinking about his feelings but his meathead bro that he's doing like pull-ups with can't and then when he's with the geek he's like you know I just like I want to be loved and have someone who loves me is that psycho it's like this big line and that it reveals how deep he is and I guess I'm just trying to say that like we as women as part of this compulsory heterosexuality, we're given this like, this is what we're given and we're supposed to be like, this is the best it gets. This is the highest romance, you know? Like he sort of thinks maybe he wants to have a real relationship. He can't do it with the most popular girl. So clearly he could do it with me, my stand-in Sam, right? Who's a regular girl. And then he's gonna roll up and save me from a shitty wedding. I, um, when you're mentioning that whole scene with the the pull-ups, one thing that keeps, that keeps like kind of coming back into my head is like in the background there's also this scene where um a young boy is being like lifted up off the ground (laughs) (laughs) and slammed down like being wrestled and I do remember thinking when I was watching that scene I was like you know this whole idea of like hyper masculinity is is it's perfectly portrayed in that that one scene yeah yeah well and how do we like think about Jake when he like clearly like facilitates his girlfriend being date raped by the geek but it's never like it's just like cool cool you know what I mean like I I don't even know how we were supposed to understand that as kids I mean I think that like I think that we're not supposed to be paying attention to him we're we're supposed to be paying attention to her and how she deserves it and how like she this is what you get for being first of all like blackout drunk at supposedly 17 although she looks about 25 to me but like you know blackout drunk <laughs> well she blackout had to be fully at 17 this, so. <laughs> and like so like clearly there's like an underlying issue there like she's compulsively partying right and like and and like she is selfish so like this is what you get like if you're like if you're a nice girl like sam then like you deserve a nice boyfriend but if you're like carolyn maybe you're selfish and kind of a bitch then like i mean who cares if you get raped you know yeah and i like honestly that scene where he puts her in the car and like anthony michael hall is you know salivating but also really nervous and all that like literally you could put that in a horror movie like before like this is before like a girl gets like it's the beginning of like 
a woman's like prolonged like torture in a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it felt so bad to watch. And like that whole, like he's me, I'm him thing. Like if you would change the soundtrack, like if there was like more sinister music in the background, it would have been like, yeah, yeah. you know, like deliverance and like dude, yeah. the dudes like fucking with the dudes in the like, it's that, it's that whole thing. It's like, it's just this little tonal shift, but like, con- like in terms of content, it's like deeply upsetting. Yeah. And then that turnaround of like her being like, well, you know what? It's actually okay. Because that's the other thing yes. that like really stood out to me was that we're supposed to find the geek kind of charming, but like, he's a little fucking handsy sexual assaulter. Yes. Like, I mean, he's, he's disgusting. Not, From the he's very disgusting. beginning. Yeah. And you know, your, your whole point of where, um, when she's like, oh, maybe I really kind of liked it. It's really interesting to me too, because even Molly, when she's in the car with a geek is like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just having a bad day. So I'm not going to let you rape me. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yes. And it's yes. so upsetting because I also think like, this is something that I think was so part of our our uh, consciousness and society that like men get to do whatever men get to do. And that means like raping you during your high school da- dance party. It's like it, and it's mm-hmm. completely acceptable, not only acceptable in a John Hughes Fuse film. We're supposed to also find it charming yeah, and kind of laughable. adorable, adorable. And but, yes. you know, it's been what only in the past like few years that we've been like maybe don't have sex with drunk people. Yes. I mean, really, because I remember when I was in college, like we'd go to all these like we'd be forced to go all these seminars like the sorority people and like it was basically like you have to have a friend that's protecting you and you're protecting your friend and you can't and you can't get too drunk and like whatever it's like all on you versus like do not fuck people who are clearly very inebriated that's like new information it absolutely is and i i would also say um back to your your original question which is like how we look at Jack, Jake Ryan. I think Jake Ryan's a piece of shit. I mean, there's not there's nothing to me that was appealing about him. And now I started to think about it when I was watching it last night. I was like, maybe this is why I like never like I kept getting it confused because I didn't like it the first time. And I don't think that I didn't like it because I understood the notes of date rape and things like that. I wasn't that advanced at like 12 years old, right? But I think I didn't like it because I didn't understand actually any of the character development. Yeah. None of these people feel like they get better. None of these people feel like they're fun. None of them feel like people I want to hang out with even, you know? Um, and that maybe that's why it faded in my memory a lot. I do remember Anthony Michael Hall. And I do remember like finding geeky dudes kind of cute. <laughs> I think what you're saying is like, yeah, obviously Jake Ryan is a piece of shit, right? From like a 40 something lens. But I think this is like the crux of like how we get fucked up as people because like he is not sold as a piece of shit when you're watching this as like a tween or a teen. Like he's sold as like, this is the epitome. Your wildest dreams is this hot ass fucking guy rolled up in his red car. You know, and he's taken me home now. I think he's he's more sold as kind of like a good looking guy. That's I mean, that's about even then. I think I probably thought that like this guy is really cute. That's enough to be a boyfriend. Yeah. You know, and that is not what happens. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I, I think the looks are the point. I don't think it's actually has anything to do with his personality because like, yes, we hear him talk. We hear him say like, I want a real girlfriend. But like the other thing he said, the nicest thing he actually says about Sam through the whole movie is like, I mean, she's not terrible that's what he says to his bro when he's like that's the nicest thing he says to her like literally his only interest in her is that she is interested has expressed in him. interest in him yeah. and Which she's not like, for all men. 
Well, but see, yes. I think that's also part of the point, right? Is that we're not, it's part of what you're saying about this compulsory heterosexuality. Like yes, we're not taught is. that he needs to have anything more than good looks, this car, and that he's older, right? And mm-hmm. so like for him yes. to take interest in me is my wildest dream coming true. And did you guys ever have crushes like this? I mean, I definitely can remember having a crush on a dude in high school I'd never spoken to in my entire life. And he was probably a senior and I was probably a sophomore. And I was like obsessed with him. Absolutely. I think that I def- I think it's probably just normal growing up is like you kind of fantasize about who someone is or who they could be you know but like most of the times in real life as an adult real life as a child or a young person I also found out that those guys were fucking assholes like (laughs) like 99% of the time I would go out with this guy that I or not go out with him but I would you know spark up a conversation in 10 seconds in I'm like oh my god you're the fucking worst yeah you know um I do think it's also interesting in terms of the fact that our ideas of like what a man could give us even then was really short. <laughs> like it was like he could be handsome. Right. <laughs> and that. you paid attention to me. <laughs> what else would a person need? It's just like <laughs> he's cute. Uh, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also w- really would like to know, Taylor, from you is, you know, especially because you're kind of on a new journey about um, w- like opening up and being honest and, and, and open about where you are sexually. Um what did you feel when you're watching this whole thing and thinking about who you are now versus then? I mean, that's another reason that it really bummed me out, I think, is because it it's such a that's when I look back um, at all of my experiences um, with boys when I was a teenager and, and young adult um, and all of my sexual experiences like. I didn't want to be having any of them. And I didn't know that I didn't want to be having any of them. And like this movie just sort of like encapsulates all the reasons that I didn't know I didn't want to be having them. And, um, you know, I, I had boyfriends and like all of the boyfriends that I had were because like I dated boys who liked me and who I wasn't like, if, if I wasn't completely repulsed by them, like that was fine. You know, like that was like, I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't feel like actively disgusted. So like, I must (laughs) like this person, you know? Um, and you know, I would have all these thoughts, like, I mean, that, that shot, that weird, like tit shot of Carolyn in the beginning, like it made me think like, we are also taught to compare ourselves to other women. So like my interest in women's bodies also like you can, we can get told that like, well, that's competitive. That's about like comparing yourself to other women. And like, it took me a long time to realize, like I was actually looking at women's breasts because like, I really like women's breasts. Like not because like I was like trying, I wasn't ever being like, Ooh, I want to try those on for size. It was more like, I want to like touch those. Right. Right. You know, like, um, and I think also like, (laughs) (laughs) yes. And I mean, the other thing too, that like, I look at like Sam and her friend, Randy, like, they have, they're, they're the only real relationship in this movie, right? Like they're yes. the only people who like talk and have meaningful conversations. And so like having close relationships with other girls and women is, is normalized. So it's like, I was never clear on why, like in, like in retrospect, I absolutely had a girlfriend in high school, but it was just like, no, we were like really close friends because there's so much, um, 
we just don't pay attention to women. So it's like, if it's a woman having an, a, a relationship with a woman, it's like, it doesn't count. So like, you don't have to look at it too closely, you know? I, also, and, I, I think to your point though, about the um, friendship, like really close friendships with women and how it's, it was hard to, that, I think being a, a, a pre-pubescent teen or just like a teenager in general is always so confusing. And then not being allowed to be in a world where we can be um, open and, and honest about kind of the feelings that you have about the same sex makes it that much more difficult. Like you're already trying yes. to navigate this like heterosexual world that is all about like boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. But when you are with a woman and you're like, wow, I get real tingly in my special spots like when I'm with this chick. Like it's hard to be like, well, I know that we're not supposed to be like, you're kind of a girl and I'm a girl and we're like not really exactly, uh, ooh, how am I supposed to ask you out eventually or, you know, put my hands on your beautiful tits? Like I just think it's right. really complicated. Um, it is. Well, and I mean, I also went to high school in like rural-ish Georgia in the late 90s. Like you know, like it literally was not safe to be gay. Like, right. you know, if, if you were suspected of being gay and you were a boy, like you got the shit beat out of you. And if you were a girl, you know, you just got harassed, which like, I definitely did. But like, if I had gotten, if I'd come out like for real and like it had been confirmed, like, I can't even imagine like what that would have been like, you know, and I didn't want to find out. And, you know, I think because in a weird way, like, that compulsory heterosexuality kind of allowed me to protect myself because I was like, I do really care if boys like me. So like, that must mean that I like them. So I don't need to deal with these feelings I have about girls, you know? And so it never even occurred to me to like compare and contrast, like how I felt about women compared to how I felt about men, because it was just like, I feel something about men that must be good enough, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I also think it has a lot to do with like when you're a teenager, right? Like you just have a really rich fantasy life and like fantasy is so complicated and doesn't really have anything to do with real life either, you know? So it's like, you can fantasize about something you absolutely don't want because, and because then once it's in front of you, then it's like, you might realize you don't want it. But if it's just in the realm of fantasy, like it feels real. To be honest, you know, that would have been a more interesting safe. ending is Sam yeah. gets Jake and is like, Ooh, <laughs> Well, I, was, I mean, and that's the thing, like they, they skip, like they skip to him picking her up and then to the, and then to the cake, you know, and to answer that logistical question, I imagine that she was probably just like, oh my God, my fucking family forgot my birthday. And he's like, let's get you a cake. Cause he's such a nice guy. And you know, <laughs> let's get you but, a cake after I've sold my dot, my girlfriend off exactly. to some other dude to rate. <laughs> oh, by the way, here's your but underwear like, bag. I, right? <laughs> but I think it's really telling that you still don't see them have a conversation. Right. No, right. Like we don't see how they get there, like sitting on the table with the cake, you know, I, because it doesn't matter. I was going to say, because it's unimportant. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. at all. And I think the thing about fantasies too, is like, it's easier to like justify you being quote unquote normal. Like if you're a kid who's especially like feels like an outcast in general, right? You feel like already you're like outcast and shunned and people think you're weird. Then to add this whole complicated layer about your sexuality and what you're attracted to and who you're attracted to and why you're attracted to them isn't, um, there's no relief there. So like, I think even in a fantasy world and being someone who is of the queer, queerdom world um, is that it's easier to kind of want to want to be straight 
than to ever accept the fact that like maybe in all the things that you're weird about and different about, it makes it more complicated to like actually act out a fantasy with being with like, oh, in our case, like women, you know, like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it gets complicated when you're a teenager uh, to mm-hmm. deal with that. And what I kept thinking throughout the whole film was I was like, if this was a film about two lesbians, it would be amazing because all they would do is apologize. <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm so sorry I touched you there. Oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Maybe we should get someone to take you home. Like, it would have been such a different narrative. Um, just because I think that generally speaking, and I, you know, I, I definitely have heard stories of obviously uh, sexual offenses, you know, between women. But I also think like it just would have been such a more caring and deeper narrative in a way that. Um, I would have loved to seen on screen just even like I, I guess I would just say like just even to know that two women or two men can have a relationship in a way that would be about protecting would be about yes. loving, would be about like the idea of like here is a way that we can take care of each other versus watching this heterosexual movie where it's like here's how we're gonna make everyone fucked like and screwed and like be messed up for the rest of their lives you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a great movie and I don't know why we loved it well but that's the thing that the normalization of like sexual harassment in this era of movies is huge mm-hmm. Animal House Revenge of the Nerds you know like it's just over even one of my favorites Say Anything yes I mean like like it's what it actually was, right? So that's the thing. I I think you know obviously have problems with the movies now, but like I think they are actual accurate reflections of what was permissible at those times. I so, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah so I, I think like all the all the sexual harassment stuff like tracks with my experience. Yes. Yeah, so that's kind of what I wanted yeah. to talk about. Like, have you guys? Do you have memories of like blatant sexual harassment that you experienced? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Do like, you want to tell constantly. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, like that whole like violation of personal space, like touching, like I just had. I mean, I had so many boys and then later men do that to me it happened like it happened to me in school all the time like I had a kid one time like come up behind me on the monkey bars when I was like in first grade and wrap his legs around me like uh I had dudes like grope me in the halls at school um I had uh you know men sort of like play like you know pretend they were gonna you know like lay on top of me, but then they were just like actually laying on top of me. Like, uh, I would, you know, and then you go to a club and like how many like unasked for dicks grinding on you do you get, you know, <laughs> if you go out dancing? Like, I mean, that all that happens to all of us. Right. And so I think like, yeah. And I, I was just taught that like instinctively because I mean, just like, this is part of my personality. I think I was always the kind of person who I, I would, it was like two extremes. Like sometimes I would just lay down, I would just like completely shut down and be like, this is fine. This is fine. Or like, or like, you know, sorry that I'm not going to let you I, like, it's sort of that, like, uh, that same thing of Sam, like, sorry, I'm having a bad day. I just don't, like, don't really want to let you rape me today. I'm sorry. Sorry. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> but then, but then there was you like, a just, whole Sam. <laughs> then there was, then there was like, there were just as many times that I like full on, like, uh, attacked men who got too close. Um, that happened more as I got older because I just was like, I'm, I'll fuck you up. Like, don't touch me. Um, and you know, now 
And then like, I also just like, eventually, like in my twenties, I managed to cultivate very, uh, readable. Don't fuck with me energy. Like no, <laughs> no man has hit on me in probably 15 years. <laughs> me and I, lo- I love it. I love it. I like that is an achievement unlocked as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> love it. I love that for I've myself. Gotten better. I think as an adult, I've gotten better in being like, don't, don't fuck with me. Like, don't talk to me about that way or like that way or look at me that way. Um, but I think as a younger person, sexual harassment was just kind of like what I thought it was, you know? And I actually had a very much um, kind of, got real messed up ideas about like what that is you know the attention yes. from men mattered to me like yes. I also felt like no men ch- paid attention to me and you know maybe back to my dad issues but like I really w- <laughs> had a hard time imagining um that if you didn't get that validation from men that you were worth anything yeah. and so I let men do a lot of things to me that I would have never I would never this this version of Elizabeth would never have let that them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I was just thinking, um, this guy recently from my high school friended me on Facebook and I, I can't even believe that's still a thing, but <laughs> he did. And I was just like, Oh, this motherfucker. Cause I remember him. He used to like make fun of me all the time. But then I also remember being on like the bus with him and him like getting his hands down my shirt. Oh, and like, oh. yeah, like it was super creepy. And like, it wouldn't even have occurred to me that I should like tell my parents. Well, as you all know, my parents did not <laughs> give a fuck <laughs> about what was happening anyway. But it would never have occurred to me to be like, by the way, this person, it was twisted up, right? Because he would be like really mean to me in like public, but then like we'd be riding the bus and he'd be like feeling me up. That was a man, that was like the message we gave boys though, right? Like we were like, Is be, it? be mean to girls and they'll know you like them. Yeah, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I was just like thinking, and then I was thinking the audacity to friend me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like, he probably doesn't remember. Well, maybe like, he's coming yeah, back yeah, yeah. and he's like. But, but that's the thing, right? Is like, you know, all the media that we're talking about of the time was just like, yeah, this is totally cool. This is normal behavior. This is fine. I actually, you know, the scene where um, Sam's grandparent uh, touches her tits. Yeah. She says her boobies come in and yes. then she grabs them. This literally happened to me at Kay's Fish Market with my mom and her friend. <laughs> I couldn't, I, I did have the, that scene. I was like, oh no, I have a story I can tell about this. That's really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but when I was a teenager, my mom was like, come to my friend's fish market. We went to the to the market and we're like pr- making our purchases. Her friend's on the other side of the counter. My mom's on this counter. She's speaking Korean and she's like, blah, 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 Lisa, blah, 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 boobies, blah, 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 playboy. And at the time, you know, I was a smaller lady. And so I think I had like a fitter body because I was a teenager. And (laughs) the next thing I know, both women reach for each tit. (gasps) They both touched my tits. And they felt them up. And then they like started saying something else in Korean. There was laughter. I don't know why. (laughs) I was like, this is horrifying. But also it never occurred to me to be like, mom, you cannot allow your friends to touch my titties. That would have been uncharitable of you. That would have been so rude. (laughs) Okay. I do wanted to ask you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, since you brought up the grandparents, I do want to talk about Long Duck Dong. Oh, yes. We haven't even done it. You mean Gong? Long Dong? Because every time he was on screen, there was a gong in the background. I was so mad. I mean, I remember like that part. I remember like even as a teenager being like, this is racist. Yes. But like, it's. 
so it's so racist and like so needlessly like why is that even in there like what is for funsies taylor <laughs> god be also, a fun I've person are you one of those I've people who takes all the, joke the fun about... out of comedy <laughs> yes that's actually my mission in life i hate fun and laughter so like if i can suck any joy out of any situation that is what i'm here to do good but like there's also that horrific that's horrible joke about like uh, a black trans am you know like right oh, in the beginning right i, I don't i'm not going to repeat credits. it because it's so disgusting i mean it's like it's literally right in the beginning of the yes. movie and it's just like okay here it like really sets the tone where yes. you're like here here i go i'm just going to be offended just for the next hour and a half of my life and just be so upset yes yeah. you know I, I also love that line where at the end they're like oh your china man's on the lawn and i was like oh my god Ugh. this movie is so cringy and I know I there's questions about whether or not we can use the word cringy anymore but like I was just like this is horrifying I hate it I hate everybody in this and I really hate the fact that they're like picking this foreign exchange student and just like beating up on him all the time and like making fun of him even when he answers the door at the party there's this they like ring the doorbell and it's like gong (laughs) like what is well, I will say to Long Duck Dong's credit, he does seem to have the most fun at the party. He gets a girlfriend, he gets laid, he's like drunk, he's having a great time. But maybe, you know, as an Asian American person, you can tell us how this sort of representation affected you. I don't, you know, I think when I watched it as a younger person, very much like sexual harassment is part of the ethos. You were just like, that's fine. This is like what happens, you know. Yeah. I definitely think that there is t- there's times where like I could find it very egregious and like, I'm like, okay. I mean, even in Christmas Story, do you remember the, that movie, The Christmas? I, was it around the same time, maybe? Because probably that was These definitely an early '80s movie. Yeah. Um, they had that whole scene in the Chinese restaurant where they go out for Christmas Eve dinner, and everyone's like "fa ra 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 ra," <laughs> and I remember being like, "like wow, that hurt, that hurt," because I was like, "that's definitely the way my mom talks." But I don't need to be like mocked on television right. because she's just an immigrant woman trying to make a living in America. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a fucking break, guys. <laughs> the other thing that uh, is that, like, I noticed about um, about that character is like, Gede Watanabe is like Japanese. He's not even Chinese. Yes. And so, like, that's the other thing. It's like all Asians are interchangeable, which is like so fucked up. Like, and he I mean, made he up also, that like, accent for his audition, and he kept it up for a long time. And then one day, he told John Hughes that yeah, how he's he fucking American. Yeah. <laughs> he was like from Utah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, and I, I think too, the other thing that like really, there's like that sort of emasculation happening too, the like emasculation of the Asian male because it's like this, t- this, this huge tall, lady. Like, yeah. ju- the big, the ha- huge lady. And then apparently we find out that his black eye, I didn't remember this, but he says the black eye is from her punching him. Yeah. Oh, I don't like, know from, from Jake, from Jake, no, Jake punches him. Jake punches them. Yeah. Jake does. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, I, uh, I also, and then like the grandparents are like, he's such a good boy. He mows the lawn. He does the dishes. He's like, domestic chores for us. Yes. I will say, so John Hughes does the same thing here I just... as he does with um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which to me is like 
a top movie. I love it. But it, where he has one rich set of grandparents and then like one poor set of grandparents and then he puts them together and they like think each other is like aliens. There's like a couple moments in this movie that I think like John Hughes shows what he does best, like showing families, like chaotic scenes between families. Like there are things that are like you can see like, oh, yeah, he's a good writer and he's going to get better when he drops a lot of this like ugh, cringy. <laughs> I disagree. I, I feel really? I, you don't like any John Hughes movie. Let's talk about that. Well, I like. Okay, let's let's. I like I like the campiness of the films. I I love that. I mean, I I'm a big John Waters fan. You know, I love a movie where there's a lot of camp, a lot of like exaggerated characters. Like yeah. at the end of um, Sixteen Candles, when the two grandmas are cooking. Yes, and she's got and she's the got fucking the cigarette, cigarette with all the ash, and yeah. she's trying to catch it with her flipper it's hilarious <laughs> yes but I also watched that movie for 90 minutes to get to that one part that I liked like, yeah, but it was I'm like saying... a long movie to get to the one scene that I'm like this scene could be the whole movie and I would be so happy I'm just saying I think that you know you put a question on Facebook recently about you know art and artist mm -hmm. and like you know what do you do with that like clearly this is an early John Hughes movie it's the first one he directed later he gets much less racist you know <laughs> like he's got Home Alone he's got fucking Beethoven you know people say the Breakfast Club still holds up is not obviously like terribly offensive you know I think there are good John Hughes moments I like the Breakfast Club yeah, people say it's still good. So maybe we'll have to like have a little group where we watch it. And what about you, Taylor? Do you which which John Hughes films do you like? He didn't do say anything. The Breakfast did he? Club no. was okay. The Breakfast Club was my favorite. Um I have actually never seen Christmas Vacation. Love it. I don't think I have either. It's so good. Um and I did love Beethoven when I was a kid, but like I don't think I wouldn't say that that's like, you know, Uncle Buck canonical. Fucking Uncle Buck. Oh, Uncle is, Buck is fucking great. Yeah. That's a John Hughes movie? Yes. The okay, great, Uncle like Buck is great. One. The Great Outdoors that, is also John, John Hughes. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is John Hughes. I haven't seen it. Like, there are definitely um, good movies by John Hughes. I would say if I was John Hughes, I would be like, it is time to cancel 16 Candles. <laughs> I would. I would be I, like, I think we, we got to, if I were John Hughes, Ferris Bueller, obviously, I don't think either of you like that. That's too much I don't, of a I don't love. I don't love Ferris Bueller. I hate Ferris yeah. Bueller. <laughs> it's, not, it's not one of my favorites <laughs> I like Because, because it's about, it's about an, an entitled little shit who gets away with being an entitled little shit. Like, why do I want to watch that? I can just like go outside <laughs> and like see a white man act like that. Curly Sue <laughs> is John Hughes. Yeah, I'd never saw that one either. I think his genre of films just aren't my favorite. Well, probably. Oh, uh-oh. I think I think I'm just not a you know I'm not a John Hughes gal. Like I was a, I was, I was way more into like Ghostbusters and stuff like those were my 80s movies. Oh, I love. I mean, looking back, it makes sense because, yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. I was, was I watched Ghostbusters at least once a week for like years of my life. Um, I really liked Inner Space. Um, which is the Dennis Quaid movie where they go inside the human body. Another asshole, Dennis Quaid, but fucking Oh, yeah, hot. he's a real asshole. I love him. Oh, I did Ew, like- he's um, not hot. Are you totally serious? Totally hot. You know I love Ew. me. I know. Plain you do white love, guy. You love a khaki dad. Yes, with like she a, loves a khaki yes, with like a Dennis With like a Quaid. pancake face. Dennis God. Quaid, are you bland? Are you in khakis? I do think <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of my favorite movies as a kid, which I probably, we're not going to visit this, this season, but um, probably is very problematic, is The Three Amigos. I'm sure that is. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine yes. that held up. I'm sure that's awful. All right. Final topic. 
Do you remember your 16th birthday? Also, why as a society are we so creepy about 16th birthdays? Is it about virginity? What's it about? I think it's about cars in America. I think it's about cars. Um, we, uh, love cars and like, there's like, we like sexualize them and we sexualize driving. Um, we, it's like our favorite you think metaphor for girls for, too. I mean, I think definitely for boys. I yeah. Like for but girls, I, I, there's I a think weird also sexual like, undertone. Like when you yes. turn 16, you now a woman like, and right. You, well, because of the age of consent. Yeah. Like it's the age of consent in most States. I mean, might be part of it, but I, I also think that like, it's this idea of like it there's it's this like arbitrary threshold where like yeah we're like it it is about virginity it's also just about like crossing into adulthood but basically like if you're a woman that means that like now men can really do whatever they want to you and yeah, like right. that's and now you yeah, make some decisions that's what i'm saying like there's something creepy about the whole thing you know my super sweet 16 and like blah blah, blah. like why is this an important birthday and also trying to get yeah you, you dress all your 16 year olds up so yes. that they look like adults yes. and they're like super sexy and yes. beautiful and they get their hair done yes i mean I, I agree with you yeah and adulthood is like 25 right <laughs> mm-hmm. tops that's even early. i was like early 30 23 <laughs> I'm just saying it feels this, you know, the importance of the 16th birthday feels connected to something fucking creepy and like old and patriarchal that's like always just been here. I uh, I totally agree. I don't even remember my 16th birthday. Yeah, I couldn't I remember can't what imagine I what either. I did. I would, you know, back when I was growing up, I don't think that that was like a thing. My mom wasn't going to be like, here, let's spend all this money so you can have a 16th birthday. No, I don't think I had a big party, but I did have, and I didn't receive it for my 16th birthday, but like... Maybe in the summer after, I did have a white Ford probe with tinted windows <laughs> all the way around and a vanity license plate that said gun it. Yeah. So, I do not know how I was not the queen of my high school. <laughs> I remember my mom basically being like, oh, you're 16 now. Now you can work. Yes, get a job. <laughs> get a job yes. now. Like, it's time to go. Uh, I'm not supporting your ass anymore. I know you still have two years left in this house, but yes. you're buying your own jeans. All right. <laughs> Final thoughts about 16 Candles. I think we're all in agreement that, like, it should be gone. It should definitely be gone. Uh, yeah, if, it's hot if I were to summarize it really quickly, I would say 16 Candles is a lot about nothing but a lot about rape and be done. <laughs> like it's done. Okay, what's your summary, Taylor? I mean, I really like that summary. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's rapey garbage it's it's not good rapey garbage I feel like my summary is like how I learned to expect nothing from men but also put them on pedestals and pray that someone liked me (laughs) and still (laughs) dealing with this to this day and then and then eventually have them put you in a car to be raped by their friends because that's fine because they've moved on to a nicer Adrian a quieter girl yes Adrian, what would you do if you walked out of the studio right now and Jake Ryan was there in his red Fiat or what the fuck ever? He's come for me. Has he come for He's me? He's come is, for is you. Is it a rescuing moment? He's come for you. It's a rescuing moment. It's a prince. I mean, you don't need to be rescued. We're fucking awesome. You've been living your best life this past hour and a half. Uh, But I'm I'm just saying saying, if he's come and, you know, I'm getting in the car. Old habits die hard. (laughs) (laughs) I I I have a great question. Taylor. Um, you and Adrian have been besties for a very, very, very long time. And I am curious. I'm sorry, I'm kind of throwing the no, ending No, please away. do it. But I'm very curious. Now that you know how much she loved this movie and you know who she is today, how do you think those two things connect? 
<laughs> from your perspective. We've heard her perspective. I'm, no, I mean, I think there's a big through line for sure. I mean, I think, you know, and here's here, but here's the thing about, here's the thing about Adrian that, that, that this actually speaks to is like Adrian more than anyone I know really internalized a lot of the messages she got from media. Yeah. Whereas because I think you saw people who looked like you in a way that like, even though I'm white and cis, like, I mean, you know, I'm not like, but I didn't see people who's like, even by the eighties definition of a happy family, which like now we can look back and be like, our representation of families were fucked up. Like my family was not like that. I didn't have, and I mean, I know you didn't either. And like, and your response to that was like, but this is what people have. So like you, it was always like looking towards like, this is what I'm moving towards. Right. And I think that tracks very much with your personality. Like, I think that you are, um, you're always looking to see what you externally to see what you should be working towards. And that has made you a really successful person over the years. And you've accomplished a lot by doing that. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. I think though, that it, this kind of stuff like potentially did more damage to you though, because it was always more explicit than implicit for you than I think it was for me. Like a lot of this stuff I internalized implicitly, but like a lot of it just so fully didn't track with my experience that like I had to throw it out because it like just didn't apply. But I think like, you know, you're straight and blonde and attractive and like good at things that, you know, people like that people care about being good at, you know, like, so you had, it was easier for you to fall into that trap of being like, okay, you are like, you are sort of already the ideal. So like, here's what the ideal looks like. And like, you know, regardless of whether you felt like you were the ideal, like externally, like, you know, the people who, um, you were trying to emulate, like looked like you. And I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, inside you, you felt like a Molly Ringwald, you know, and externally, that is probably not how you were perceived. It's certainly not how I perceived you when we met, but you know, you, and you were just always like trying, you know, you were trying to be a Carolyn, you know? And, or you were trying to be, (laughs) or you were trying to be, uh, or you were trying to be Molly Ringwald, but you know, all, but as hot as Carolyn, you know, (laughs) I love that you put it that way because when I first met Adrian and not to make this the Adrian gun show, but (laughs) I, I, I said the same thing is like when I started to introduce her to friends of mine, I would be like, look, she looks like a basic bitch, but she's not. She is going to look like every UGG Starbucks mug carrying person you've ever seen. (laughs) But she's really, really smart and deep and like has like a lot of like, and I think that's a lot of times the conflict for her is it's to your point where she's just like, she's internalized these films and these kind of ideas, but who she is really is actually much more caring and has a lot more depth than what we see <laughs> mm-hmm. in 16 candles. Like you would never, yeah. you might write off with a Jake Ryan, but I get I, my guess is within tw- 25 to 30 seconds, you'd be walking out the car. I just saying, I oh my God. Wait, you would immediately be texting me and Elizabeth. Oh, what a fucking idiot he was. And like how, <laughs> 
but this is the problem. And then we'd have to listen to it for like seven months, right? But this is the problem because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yes, this is the epitome. This is exactly what you want. And then the reality happens and I'm like, fuck. You know, I mean, because I think also for me, like I think about this movie and I think about the iconic shot at the end, which is beautiful. You know, it's like he mm-hmm. did a good job on that. Like yeah. it looks it mm-hmm. like, and who doesn't want that moment where like somebody's caring for you and like you're having this romantic moment. I mean, I think I definitely have had to spend some time trying to like reframe or understand what like romance is actually. Right. You know, mm-hmm. because this is also the same thing like I had with the Cosby show. Right. Like I was like, that's a real family. What I have is not a real family. Like this is mm-hmm. like so it's it's fucked. Right. Like the the perception is totally flipped because actually what I had was a real family. <laughs> what most people have you know is a fucking mess yeah it's a fucking Mm -hmm. mess but i was like no the cosby show is a real family and this is what you aspire to right this is what you try to Mm -hmm. obtain and then when i didn't obtain it later it was even more devastating i think Mm -hmm. that it's also i like what taylor said too about um the way that you kind of internalized the the films in ways that you could be belong to it like you yeah, always yeah, felt yeah. like for you could sure. belong yeah. I could have this family I could yes. have this thing. if I could only be better I could be Caroline yeah yes. whereas I think you know where where me and Taylor have a lot in common is this fact that there was no fucking way that those are going to be like I mean not, that was, was yeah not, like I was never in those films um, my family which was like an you know an immigrant family that like, parents weren't around <laughs> like it was just like there was never a story like that that was yeah. similar for me to watch um and so my whole I think my persona the way that I internalized all of it was like I don't belong there I can't be part of it so fuck you all you know and then I became Mm -hmm. a bitter hateful person but also also internally you know inside me I'm a very soft person and I'm very sweet yeah but like you know watching those things I was just like it just caused more rage for me than it ever did right I could ever belong to that group or belong to that I think that's the right response yeah but I also (laughs) I also think it's reflect what's what's interesting too is that you have this image and this idea of like this uh kind of perfect world and then your two closest friends are people who are like girl (laughs) that's a hundred percent pull your shit together everything is terrible yes this is 100% accurate of my experience with the two of you. As I say something and you guys are like, that is a totally incorrect read. Like, pull yourself together. And I think I've made a lot of improvements in the past, like, five years. Well, but I think I think the other thing, too, though, is that, like, you know, a lot of a lot of this is about, like, you know, you learning to forgive yourself for being who you really are, which is, like, way more interesting yes. than any of the people in this fucking movie. Like... <laughs> I'm snapping. I'm snapping. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Taylor. Yes. Tell her. Like, Tell her. and I, I think, I think that's the other thing too. It's like, we get told that like, if we aren't flat, that like, if we're not able to flatten the complexity of ourselves as people that like, we're, especially if you're a woman that you have failed, yeah. you know? And like, I was always like, I'm really complicated. That's clearly a problem, yes. you know, where it's like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I like, mean, actually, I it's not a problem. I definitely like would tell you if someone was like, why are you still single? I would say like a major factor is that like I'm too loud. I'm too opinionated. I'm too difficult. Like my life, you know, have a kid like I have, you know, I get to keep my shit together. Like it's too complicated. Like I would tell you all those reasons versus being like, well, men are pretty shallow and they prefer a woman who wants to like bend around what they're doing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, that's not my jam because yeah, it can't be. You're, yeah. you're Sam in the car. You're like, yeah. oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, once I got in the car, you're right. I would have been like, oh my God, I've hit my epitome of my dreams. And then an hour later, after listening to this guy talk about his car and about <laughs> whatever the fucking else, I'd been like, God damn it. Here we are again. Disappointed. <laughs> All right. Well, I love both of you so much thank you for being on our show yeah, thank you taylor we always love having you yes thank you for having me back i love the show and i am so happy to be here i'm so glad because you know what you teach me every day and that's a true statement that sounded sarcastic <laughs> but, it <is. laughs> but it is a true statement so i'm love getting to share you with our 100 listeners <laughs> yay <laughs> and to our 100 listeners thank you for listening to woke field go ahead okay. <laughs> Keep going. You've got this. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wokefield. Next week, we'll be discussing Cheech and Chong with Soli Santos, writer, actor, comedian, and native Chicagoan. She's been at all the comedy clubs around town, like the Laugh Factory and Zanies, and as well as on Amazon Prime's Enter the Mollusk. We're so excited to have her next week, and we are expecting tons of laughs. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see Soli. She's also a personal trainer. Once she tried to see me do a pull-up, and it was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> Anyway, also follow us on Instagram at Wokefield Pod. Tell us what you think. Is it time to cancel 16 Candles or is John Hughes just a product of his time? And rate and review us on your favorite podcast podcast apps because look, we're old women <laughs> erased by society and we really need some validation. Please, please look see at us. us. Look at us. See us. Hear our voices. 